Texas, Flynn Broadcasting Stations. National Football League Talk every Tuesday with Bo Marchand. Covering the NFL Draft at college2pro.com and the NFL Draft Bible. Covering the Steelers for Sports Illustrated. Living and running in Eastern Ohio and on Twitter X at Bo Marchand. Here's Bo with Bryant and Brett. Bo Marchand joins us now to talk the NFL and some big news in Steelers' world this morning as Matt Canada has been fired as the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Bo, what was your reaction? What is the reaction you've heard from the fan base after that firing this morning? Well, I I got a text message from a close friend who loves and breathes and dies by the Steelers, (laughs) and he said, praise Jesus, and I was like, hmm. And then it was followed by another text is only after such a humiliating loss could the Steelers make this such a great week. And then I kind of put two and two together and they like they had to fire Matt Canada. And it's been long overdue, a lot of frustration in the offense. And I think now, though, the onus now goes on Kenny Pickett. And if he doesn't yep. uh, prosper and He's develop next. under a new, uh, you know, um, Danny Sullivan and, you know, then they'll, that'll be the next uh, domino to fall in the Steelers offense. If they could, do you think the Steelers draft a quarterback in the first round? Uh, oh, you know, I think it depends how high they are. You know, if the season goes well and they win, then I think you continue with the mindset of, you know, we can develop him and we can move forward and get better with Kenny Pickett. If it kind of the wheels continue to kind of, you know, not on the track, if you will, offensively and they struggle and they maybe they lose, you know, they finish with a losing record and maybe they're picking in the top 15, top 12 of the draft, and we know this is a kind of a deep quarterback class, I think it's something you have to consider. I just think they're very hesitant to make uh, those kind of earth-shattering moves. We've seen other franchises do it. I just don't know if they're onto that cadence like other teams right now. But we've often compared them on this show to our, to our beloved St. Louis Cardinals in this area. But like the Cardinals, look, the Steelers, the Steelers and the Cardinals can sit around for a lot of years and talk about the good old days, yesteryear, remember when. It's time to give the fans something new to talk about in both places. Yeah, well, I, I think the frustration of the Steelers fan base is, you know, that prior to the you no know, schedule going to you know seventeen games, it was Tomlin, you know, never finished with the losing record. I mean, when that's your claim to fame right now that our coach hasn't had a losing record, you know, I'd rather have a coach with three losing. I'd rather have Tom Coughlin. And this is this is not to take any way thing from Tomlin. I'm just talking the frustration of the fan base. You know, I'm sure the Steelers would say, you know what, we'll go four and you know four and thirteen two years in a row. If we can go thirteen and four the next year and win the Super Bowl. You know, eight and eight. Yeah, that it's, it makes you feel good. But at the end of the day. You're mediocre, and I, I think when you settle on mediocre, or if that's become the you know the new fad and what you want to accomplish, you know that's where the frustration from the fan base is, and then you add in the offense that's been very very bad under Matt Canada, and we you know not all the blame can go on Matt, mm-hmm. you know you know we don't know where Pickett's at really, and and now we you know we get to see you know does he become a you know a you know a, a quarterback you know that you know teams want to covet and they're going to pick up the fifth year option you know right now you don't pick up the fifth year option i mean he's he's adequate and they're you know they're in functional they're not functional offensively so there's a lot to play out as the i guess little bit past the second half of this season but with seven games to go there's still plenty of uh the things 
that Pittsburgh has to figure out, if you put it that way. But I was talking to another host on the station earlier today, and he uh, gave me his top five power rankings, and he got through three, and he could not figure out four and five. If you had to give a top three power ranking, who would it be right now? Chiefs, Eagles, and 49ers. Mm. Hmm. Didn't hear the that Cowboys was in there. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, and I could I could take one out and put the Ravens in there, but huh. I, I just think when you when you take away all the you know when you just the facades and all the you know you know what, and you just look at hey, who's the real challengers in this league? Who are mm-hmm. the teams that bring it every week? I I think you have to look at you know the Chiefs, um, and you know, and I, again, it goes back to anybody's you know anybody can get hurt. We know that, but I, I just I still. I'm still very leery if, if Lamar Jackson, as brilliant as he is, is going to be able to remain healthy for the next six games of the regular season. Brian, I like that line of questioning. Let's rattle through this do it quickly. <laughs> Bo, you tell me, this team really can win the Super Bowl or not? Baltimore? Yes. Kansas City? Yes. Jacksonville? No. Miami? No. No need to go any further in the AFC then. <laughs> Philadelphia? Yes. Detroit? No. San Francisco? Yes. New Orleans? No. Dallas? Yes. Whoa. I like that. A yes for our Cowboys, Brian. I like that. It made me happy. I was like a Thanksgiving (laughs) And that's not because Brian's the host of the show. I, I, you know, they do have <laughs> listening closely. You know, they they have the defense. You know, they they have a defense, and their offense can score as good as anybody. So you know, you have to put those two things together. I mean, I think in the AFC, I think the only or the NFC, I believe the only team that's allowed fewer points are the Forty ers that have given up, and they're one of the few teams over three hundred. Maybe I, I think the only team, possibly, I think them and the Dolphins are the only team with 300-plus points this year. So those are pretty wow. lofty uh, points against and points for when you think about you know what Dallas is doing. And, and listen, 7-3, and three, they would be right in the cusp of everybody else. They just happen to be in a, yeah. a, a division with the 9-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. You answered yes for five teams. So of these five quarterbacks, who would the most pressure be on to deliver a parade, a ring, a Super Bowl championship? <laughs> would it be well, Lamar yeah. Jackson? Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, or Dak Prescott? Dak, without a question, no, no and, doubt. And, I mean, that. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got to wake up in the night thinking it's all on me. It is, and when you think about the teams that we've mentioned, even if you include the AFC and the NFC, you know, you're putting the Cowboys as the, maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the entire league, but Dak because he has the star in his helmet. He has the most pressure. You know, Mahomes has no pressure. Lamar has no pressure. He's Jaylen got two Baker, stars on that helmet, Bo. That's how much yeah, pressure it is yeah. to play there. Yeah, He's two got stars. two stars on it. <laughs> yeah, so the pressure's there. Jared Goff has no pressure. Derek Carr has no pressure. I even think Brock Purdy gets a pass. I mean, you know, he you're does. an undrafted. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that it's entirely fair at this point after some wanted to make him into Joe Montana. Well, well, a cross between Joe Montana and John Brody, but he does get a pass. Yeah, he does. I mean, seventh-round pick, you can't expect that much, and he's he's played beyond Dak measure. Dak was fourth. So, yeah, Dak was fourth. But seventh round, I mean, you know, when you're a six, six, sixth or seventh round, you're, you're in the caliber of 
you know what, you might make the team, you might not make the team. I mean, that's their investment. You're, you know, there's just, you know, you're a slight cut above, you know, an undrafted kid. And, it, you know, you might get a little bit better of a signing bonus and things of that nature. But when it really comes down to it, I mean, that's where you're at, especially seventh rounders. I mean, Brock Purdy, you know, you'd say, you know, but hey, that was lightning in a bottle. It's a fantastic pick. But it also shows you that you can give up a King's Ransom and trade up for Trey Lance, and then you trade him, you know, a couple years later, and then you're using a seventh round kid. So, you know, ne- no one knows. Uh, Bo, Cleveland, uh, after that win against the Steelers on Sunday, they've won three games in a row, four of their last five, and for DTR, his first win uh, as a starting quarterback in the NFL uh, after that injury the week before. Now, uh, for the Browns, they go to Denver, then to L.A. to play the Rams after that, and, uh, before coming back home to play the Jaguars and the Bears. Can this defense, is this defense, good enough to keep that offense with DTR in there in these games? Well, you know what? I They are, but I believe they aren't. And, and you know, the, the Steelers' offense is a cure to any uh, team that's having yeah. their trouble. Uh, but, you know, um, from Indianapolis, and I, I wrote a piece on this, they allowed 39, 20, 27, and 33 points prior mm-hmm. to the Steelers' game. And I forget the numbers, but just say the first four games of the year they were averaging, they were giving up 12 points. And prior to that Steelers game, they were giving up 26.5 points, close to that. So, you know, it, I, I'm not sold on the idea that this is some juggernaut defense. <laughs> right. and, you know, they just played the Steelers. And, you know, it kind of goes with a lot of teams in the NFL. If you want to cure your woes and you want to feel good about yourself, then play <laughs> the Giants or the Jets. And if you want to, you know, shut down a team offensively, then have the Steelers come to your place. I mean, those are the type of things. And that's, I think, the NFL itself is, there's so many bad teams that are able to win, and on the record, you'd be like, "Wow, the, you know, this team's such and such at record." But when you when you get into those, you know, the teams that we mentioned at the top of the show, the who's you know who can win it and who can't, yeah. those top four or five teams in each conference, they're I think this year in particular, I, I think they're just light years ahead of the competition, I, and I think the mediocre the mediocrity that we see is among bad teams playing bad teams. When we get to the heavy hammers, they're really in a class by themselves, I think, this year. The mediocre word has been used a lot today. Tom Brady used it describing today's football. Bryant and I both roundly rejected him, not not even a year out of the game, kind of saying, y'all miss me yet? It was so much better when I played. Every player, every coach thinks it was better when they did it. But uh, I, I I just thought it was really bad form for him, and he's a part owner of a team. Yeah, it, you know you you got to you know when you're in his position, you you're sort of an ambassador to the game, and you're not out of it far enough where yeah, I think you can say you know certain guys maybe have the lineage, and we're not talking you know Super Bowls and his lineage in terms of who he is and what he bred, but I still it's think sick. there's an ambassadorship because he's so I close. do too, and and, and that's why bigger think, than that. Yeah, you know, if, if, you know, if, if Joe Green wants to say, hey, the game's changed. Okay, you know what, Joe Green? Yeah, you played, you know, three decades ago. You know, Tom Brady, you know, you haven't even begun out of the game for a full year. And, and I'm still, until this season ends, and it's, it's looking more and more unlikely as we close out the year. But I'm, until this season ends, I'm still not completely out of the running to think that he suits up again. I know it's now more far fetched than it was. During the summer, when it was really, you know, I hope he does, and I hope he gets hammered. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's how Uh, good it is today. We just knocked you cold, (laughs) TB12. 
And you think about the, you know, the Buccaneers, they're the same team that they were last year with Brady. So, you know, yeah. you know, he could look at himself and, and, you know, maybe look, I guess he could look in the mirror himself and think, wow, this was, the, this is the same Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that I played on last year. And basically record wise, we're the same thing in 2023. Yeah. Mm. Talking NFL with Bo Marchant. Uh, Bo, it feels like it's gaining more traction as the weeks go on, but this idea of Aaron Rodgers returning this season, he says he wants to be back at some point in December. Robert Sala has been asked about it, and and he's kind of buying into the idea and saying, well, if he's ready then and he's able to play, then, then we'll definitely look into it. Is there any way Aaron Rodgers plays this season? Well, I mean, we probably read the same reports. You know, I know he said December second. There was a talk about a return. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's to the field. I don't know if that would be the IR where they get the twenty-one day window to activate him. You know, he's a competitor. You know, he and we we've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers, and it does seem like he's turned over a new leaf. And I don't know if that was all like maybe the James Harden type attitude where you're going <laughs> to do everything to be, um, you know, you know, frigid and just against the grain and just all those things where you're going to get eventually you know, sent away from the team that you do not want to be on, and that's the right. way it seemed towards the end with Green Bay. He, he seems like a whole new individual mm-hmm. in New York City. Everything that you would want from a guy is his caliber to be the leader. If he wants to come back, and if he's able to come back, I'll be excited. Oh, yeah. Jets, Jets fans will lose their mind. It'll be Christmas come early <laughs> if they get Aaron Rodgers back on the field mid-December. So, uh, you know, people say, well, you know, they could be a losing record. Why do you want to come back? Maybe they do shut him down. I just think it's a wait and see. And and the other thing is he's very brilliant with us talking about him and lingering certain mm-hmm. sentences out there that you really can't determine if it's factual, if it's this or that. And that's why we're talking about it. Will he be back in December? We don't know. And, you know, that's part of the, you know, the methodical way that he thinks is, you know, he keeps us guessing on his next move. Could the Houston Texans be this year's story of the year, both rookie head coach, the- rookie quarterback? Yeah. I think they're the story now, to be honest, Brett. I mean, mm. six and four. Uh, you know, they had three wins the entire year last year. You got this phenomenal rookie quarterback. You have a rookie head coach that everybody loves. He has a great career with the team. I mean, it's almost like a, a movie script. You know, you got this former Houston Texan, had great success in, you know, San Francisco's the D, uh, D coordinator. Rookie year, you know, and then they make the move. They come back with the third pick from Arizona to get Will Anderson. Uh, it's it's a Cinderella story. It really is. And they're a game back behind Jacksonville. They already beat Jacksonville. So who's to say? And Jacksonville's another one of those teams that we know they're a very good team. They can play anybody very well, but we've seen that, you know, they kind of they, they kind of don't live up to the hype. But we know they got Buffalo overseas. We know that. But even that game, they you know, they had an extra they – were, they were already in London for the week prior. I mean, uh, nobody can tell me that that's not a – you know, us flying the – you know – London to play a team that's already been there for a week, that's a big, big advantage in terms of just being prepped and, you know, familiar in your acquaintances and just your mindset to relax. So uh, I, I'm not sold on Jacksonville. Uh, I know they're 7-3, and three, but, again, if you look at their record, that you know, they've, they've beat a lot of lousy teams, and when they've came to, you know, you know, some, you know, real, look, what, look what happened against the 49ers. They were, just, they were basically just completely outplayed in every facet of the game. And, you know, the, the Giants, played the 49ers better than Jacksonville this year. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, last night we had Eagles versus Chiefs, uh, a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. The Eagles win 21 to 17, but today a lot of people talking about the weapons for, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the drops from the receivers. I think I saw on, on Pro Football Focus four drops, um, by receivers. A lot of people talking about, uh, the drop at the end of the game by Valdez Scantling. What, what do you make of, of this receiving group for, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, real quick, I just want to say Thanksgiving came early because I got to watch a prime time game with two teams that actually know how to play the game. Of <laughs> so that let's just start there. Yes. Two functional teams with functional quarterbacks that are able to score and play defense. So that that's the first thing. <laughs> Listen, they had their drops. It was a rainy game, and you know, I mean, he could probably throw that pass to Scanley like ten more times. He's probably going to catch eight of the ten of them. I mean, even Travis Kelsey had a few key drops, and we know mm-hmm. Travis is one of the best there is. So, you know, it's something to talk about on prime time. If that's a one o'clock game and nobody's watching it, you yeah, know, it's probably the same that. thing. You know, yeah. and we don't discuss it, but when everybody's watching, America's eyes are on it. It is, it is a thing. But you know, Mahomes is brilliant, and they'll get they'll get it tucked away. You know, just a bad night, and and that happens. And they still had a chance. All those drops, big drops. You know, they still had their opportunities to to win that game. And even Watson, the very last play. I mean that's a that's a ball he should have caught. I mean it was it was contested, and I don't know how many other guys would have dropped it. But when when you're in that critical moment and you got to carry the, in the momentum of keeping the the drive alive, you have to make that catch. The Browns stuck with Kevin Stefanski, and Washington stuck with Ron Rivera. One out of two ain't bad. Rivera's not going to make it, is he? I don't think you know, and I think what I mean out of his career, I think he's had three winning seasons out of thirteen. I, I believe. And it's just Ron Rivera just has that charisma to, you know, keep you there and, and you know, and just, you know, plug away. And I, I don't think he's deserving of keeping his job. I mean, the, I, as bad as the Giants are, or I should say as bad as Washington is, to think that they could lose the way that they did to New York is just a, a shameful way to go about it. And then Kevin Stefanski, you know, I, I, I've praised him and I've ridiculed him, but at this point, you, you, if, you know, no Nick Chubb. And and they're still able to run the ball with a great success. You're playing with the rookie quarterback. You have that team seven and three. You know you talk about those outliers in terms of coach of the year. And I know he's not going to get it unless they win the division and they really go on a hot run. But to keep that team together and 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 the way that they're playing with what they have, I, I think that's that's a lot to say. I mean, Deshaun Watson. We know he's not the player he was, but he was eight and four during the games that he started. You know they're a better team with Watson. So they don't have their starting quarterback and arguably the best running back in football, and they're still getting it done. So I think Stavansky, I think, is again, you know, a lot of other names, you know, Sean McVay, Super Bowl champion. He's, you know, when they were playing well early, you know, he was a candidate. D'Amico Ryan's the rookie coach, six and four. There's some hot names, you know, Kevin O'Donnell, six and five Vikings, but, you know, that's Stavansky. I, I, I think that's. You know, a sneaky name for Coach of the Year when you really, really look at the blueprint of what that team has on paper right now. They're really playing above what their paper says. Have the uh, Broncos turned a corner after losing five of their first six games, now won four in a row? Or is, has Sean Payton figured things out in, in Denver? Well, I, you know, I've been a big, big Broncos guy, big Sean Payton guy, mm-hmm. big Russell Wilson guy. So I, I've been paying close attention to this. And, you know, winners of four straight. Yeah. And they're playing play the Browns, football. son. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they play the Browns, and you know, and that's one of those games where you know I wouldn't rule. I don't think 
either one of those teams. I don't think the Browns are that much better than the Broncos, and vice versa. And people might be laughing when I say that, you know. But I don't really think the. I just think there's a lot of mediocre teams in the oh, yeah. league. So, you know, the Broncos. It's going to be a tough test. You know that we know the defense. We know the defense in Cleveland's going to come to play. Mm-hmm. And and the, on the flip side, you know, I think the Denver offense should be with Russell Wilson should be more mobile and be able to move the football than what, you know, a rookie quarterback against the Broncos defense is. So, and that's where I think, you know, you got to weigh outweigh those, you know, is the, is Russell Wilson against Jim Schwartz, you know, maybe that's an even thing, even if Schwartz gets better, the better of them. But then on the flip side, will that Broncos defense be able to kind of, you know, ruffle the feathers of the rookie quarterback and shut down that run game that they're dependent on. So it's a good game though. And they've definitely turned the corner. I think Sean Payton's realized that, you know, he's he's working with a new team, and he's finding his way, probably finding out what can work, what can't work. But uh, five and five, I, I'm very happy. Again, I, I, I don't know if I picked the Broncos as a wild card team when we made our selections, but I, I, I really believe in the, you know, even when Vic Fangio was there, I just like what the Broncos bring to the table. Will you go to Cincinnati Sunday for Steelers-Bengals? I will be there for the Bengals. Steelers game, yep, I will be there, and it gagged me because of, I it, well, I shouldn't say gag, well, it did gag me a little bit. I got an email uh, the other night that there's a, a really fantastic restaurant down in Cincinnati, and the Steelers PR, um, you know, they're hosting a little thing, and you know, I, and my wife and my kids were going down to the Columbus Zoo on Saturday, and then we're, we're gonna they're gonna spend the day in Cincinnati, and I said, you know, I go, I'm missing this fabulous night out on the town in Cincinnati Saturday night so we can hang out as a family. So you better appreciate it. <laughs> you sure it. better. Is it Jeff Ruby Steakhouse? No, it's the uh, boathouse, the inn at the boathouse. I know of it, and uh, but it's, it's a fabulous place. And uh, But nonetheless, you know, but that, and that just, you know, it's just, and that's one of the things, too. I mean, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm involved with the Steelers in that capacity. I don't know what other franchises do in terms of, you know, what, but I, I know, and, you know the Steelers PR folks. Uh, That's I love old them. school. Mm. Yeah, that is very, old school to take yeah. take your media yeah. people out the they, night for they a road game. You, yeah. They treat you. They really treat you well. Mm-hmm. I, I I just you know, but um, you know, but yeah, but I will be in Cincinnati. And I, I texted you the other day. Uh, sad to see the Bombers lose. Congratulations mm. to the Alouettes. I was in uh, Canada Sunday for the Grey Cup up in Hamilton. Close game. Uh, uh, Alouette scored a touchdown with 13 seconds to go. Wow. Take the lead, 28-24, and, you know, obviously after 13 seconds, there's not much you're going to do. But, uh, no. you know, great season for the Bombers, uh, and congratulations to the Alouettes. But fantastic atmosphere. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm, that sounds like a ton of fun. Well, Bo, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll do it again next Tuesday. Hey, you guys stay blessed, and happy family. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you and you all. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Bo. Thanks, be, Bo. Be safe. Bo Marchant with us talking the NFL, and he will be. And that, that's a good game. And interesting quarterback matchup. It's not the one we yeah. probably signed up for in the preseason. No Joe Burrow, no Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Not at all. But they're still going to play on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Steelers and Bengals. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Gene on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. And the Collierville Square, it just looks perfect right now. You need to go out and and, and see the square and, and go by Hewlett and Dunn and visit with Charles and Laura Hall. They start Charles started working there in his teens, and now with his wife Laura, what a great team they are. They own the place, known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team and for any season. And I've just seen the Hewlett and Dunn TV ads roll out for the 
Christmas holidays on television. They just look great. Please go by. You'll, you'll just love this place when you walk in. It smells so good. All that great leather, uh, the, the great scene in there, western wear, work boots, safety toe or soft toe boots, rubber boots, boots for every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn, and so much more. From head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Dan Post, Anderson Bean, Filson Jackets, Ariat, whether for men or for women, it is jacket buying season, and they've got them, including that Filson line. Men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find anywhere. Charles and Laura Hall invites you to 111 North Center Street, or, to go, or go to HewlettDunn.com, but better, go by and visit On the Square in Collierville. Boot care products, sunglasses, hats, and every area team snapback cool hat you can think of for all the teams. Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi State, the Tigers, the Razorbacks, and for the travel bag selection, it is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please stop by and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the Square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're going to do something rare on a Tuesday. It'll be time for our First National Bank and Trust Friday football forecast. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Friday football forecast from First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. Real estate isn't something you purchase or develop or desire. It's something you appreciate, respect, and know. With real estate, there's no gray area. You either know it or you don't. First National Bank and Trust, a proud division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. They've known it since their beginning in 1886. Clients depend on First National Bank because they know real estate. Brooks Winchester, Bill Samish, and many more can assist you in your acquisition of that hunting land, farmland, a construction project. Let First National Bank and Trust make your dreams a reality. 775 Ridge Lake Boulevard, Suite 140 in Memphis, 901-498-5763, or the office in Collierville, or online at fnbtmemphis.com. For commercial real estate, residential construction, or recreational and agriculture financing, let First National Bank and Trust help you. They're a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, where I have had an account, been a friend, and been a customer my entire life. We know it's not Friday, but it is time for Friday football forecast because, again, programming reminder tomorrow at this time, Ole Miss Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia against Temple and basketball, Eli Savoy on that call with Coach Mark Dukes on Thursday. uh, At this time, I'll be on the air from the Egg Bowl with Gary Darby, and on Friday uh, we'll have the NFL Black Friday game on Friday afternoon. So we do our picks now, and we are so glad to do them every Friday in all these years brought to you by First National Bank and Trust, the division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, now in West Tennessee, where customer confidence is the cornerstone, stable, secure, solid, reliable, and consistent. That's what they've stood for since 1886 and now in West Tennessee. First game will be that Egg Bowl Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, 6.30 on ESPN. Ole Miss a 10.5-point favorite in Starville. Ole Miss 10-4 and four straight up all-time on Thanksgiving Day in games at Davis Wade Stadium at Scott Field. This will be the 32nd time for the Egg Bowl to be played on Thanksgiving Day. 120th meeting, and it will move up because a lot of the old guard games in front of them with conference realignment uh, being uh, being ended, 120 straight for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. 
Series stands 14-14 since 1995. 12-11 Ole Miss leads in the 21st century. For Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson for Mississippi State, they have the chance to make history as the only SEC players to finish first and second in the SEC in tackles in back-to-back years. Great linebacker play mm-hmm. for Mississippi State. Ole Miss is going to win the game, but this is way too many points yeah. for this rivalry. Yeah. Anywhere, anytime, any day of the week, Ole Miss wins. 31-21 at half point comes wow. into play. Wow, I, I like it. I, uh, I'm i going to agree with you. I think uh, Ole Miss wins this game, but you're right. That's a lot of points for any rivalry game, and we know how this rivalry game has gone in recent years. Interim coach or not, I think Mississippi State covers this spread, so I'll take Mississippi State plus 10.5. Group lock out of the game. College football group lock for the year. We're 13-14. and 14. That's 481 winning percentage. Friday morning, 11 o'clock, South Philly, Memphis minus 11 and a half over Temple. Temple 7 and 3 in regular season finales since wow. joining the AAC. EJ Warner, son of, son of Kurt Warner, first in AAC in passing and fifth nationwide. I mentioned them earlier with Dave. Here are the ones in front of him, the four in front of him. Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and Cam Ward. Four and four all time in this series. Tigers are two and two in Philly in this series. Just like Ole Miss, too many points. Mm. Tigers win 31-21, but that half point comes in. Give me Temple. Comes into play again. I'm going to take Temple as well. Just Another group. Yeah, the way this uh, Tigers defense has been playing, I just can't really trust them um, to to really uh, give that offense an opportunity to beat anybody by 12 or more points. So uh, I'm going to take Temple here, but I do think the Tigers win. Saturday, the Iron Bowl, Alabama minus 14.5 on the plains at Auburn. We'll see if that too many points in a rival game thing holds up here. 88th all-time meeting. It is the best rivalry game I've ever been to, and I've been to most all of them. Uh, This one is sensational. Bama leads 49-37-1. Auburn leads 10-6 on the Plains after David Housel rightly, correctly, got them to quit playing when they were the designated home team (laughs) at Legion Field. Coach Nick Saban, 61-12 on the road at Alabama. That's a smooth 836 winning percentage. He's 57-11 in SEC games. Coach Hugh Freeze, two and three against Nick Saban, getting those wins at Ole Miss. Auburn going for program win number 800. Wow. Alabama, 14.5-point favorite. Bryant, you pick first. I'm going to take Alabama in this one. Uh, hopefully Auburn is ready for this game after uh, the performance uh, they uh, put out last week against New Mexico State. Maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe they were focusing too much of their time against Alabama, but I do not think they're able to cover here. I think Alabama continues to roll, so I'll take a minus 14.5. Group lock again. Alabama, never mind these points. They yeah. win big. 45 45- 14, the voodoo is over. Bryce Young slayed it dead two years ago. 6.30 on Saturday night on ESPN, Florida State minus 6.5 at Florida. 67th meeting all-time, 36th all-time at the Swamp. The Swamp just about has been drained, though, in Gainesville since 2017. The Only three games decided by single digits in this series, but both of the last two have been really close. Florida State playing for the national championship to be in the playoffs. The Gators playing maybe to get to the Liberty Bowl. Mm-hmm. Bryant, you pick. 
Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Florida State in this one. I think a lot of people are going to go the opposite way and go with Florida here after that injury uh, to Jordan Travis. But uh, the backup at Florida State, he's been in that program for a while. I think he knows what his job is. I think they have plenty of weapons at receiver. So if you're going to give me this un- under a touchdown, I'm going to take Florida State. I'm going to take the Gators straight straight up oh, in the swamp. 21-20, wow. the Gators wreck FSU's year. Wow. Your college football lock and shot. For my sh- or for my lock, I'll start with my lock. I'm going to go with Iowa minus two and a half over Nebraska. Here's the thing that that uh, total is down about 27, even 26 and a half at some places. And here's the thing that, about Iowa. I've kind of gone to this well a lot this year. If teams can't score on Iowa, I'm going to take them um, when you give me a line like this that's less than a field goal. So I'm going to take Iowa minus 2.5 over Nebraska for my lock. For my shock, this might surprise a lot of people, I'm going to take Texas-San Antonio plus the 3.5 over Tulane. I think they win that game outright. UTSA, they're finally healthy. They're playing really, really well. Uh, last week I watched that game against South Florida, and they completely dominated. Tulane, on the other hand, has been winning games, but they've been kind of struggling doing it, haven't done it in an impressive fashion. So I'm going to take UTSA to pull the upset over Tulane. My college football shot first. I'm going to take A&M plus the ten and a half, mm. not to win straight up though. I don't get the two points here. I just get the one point. LSU wins the game twenty four twenty one, but that A&M defense, oh, it's yeah. just too good it to really get is. to to get blown out. My college football lock, nothing gets the big orange well like playing Vanderbilt forty one forty one nothing. UT oh, over Vandy man. lay the twenty seven and a half. Starting Thursday with the NFL, the eleven thirty Central Time game on Fox Detroit at home minus seven and a half over Green Bay. The Lions six and seventeen in the twenty first century on Thanksgiving Day. Twenty second meeting for Detroit versus Green Bay on Thanksgiving Day. Detroit leads in that twelve to eight to one. Green Bay leads all time whoppingly one oh five to seventy six to seven. 2-0 and in the postseason. These two teams first played in 1930 when it was the Portsmouth Spartans at the Green Bay Packers. I like it. Detroit minus seven and a half. Who do you take, Brian? I'm going to take a Detroit in this one. I don't really have uh, any reason Agreed. other than it's Thanksgiving and Detroit's playing at home. I'll take the Lions. I think the Lions big. 38-7, group lock there in the NFL. 3.30 Thanksgiving afternoon on CBS Dallas, minus 11.5 over Washington. The Cowboys first started playing on Thanksgiving Day in 1966. Since then, only missed two. Didn't play on Thanksgiving Day in 75 or in 77 when the NFL decided to have the St. Louis Cardinals playing in that game <laughs> instead of the Cowboys. Wow. They quickly realized, this is crazy. Yeah. They, we're leaving big ratings mm-hmm. out there. Dallas leads Washington 76 to 48 to 2, 0 and 2 in the postseason. This game famous for Clint Longley once upon a time for the Cowboys against Washington. Uh, Cowboys won last year against the Giants. Your pick, Brian. I know you're taking the Cowboys. Know that we're going to have another group lock because I am. I not so fast, my friend. I'm going to take the Washington Commanders in so this one. So it's my one. Cowboys. Me well, alone. No, I didn't say Objective that. Objective Bryant? I'm going to take them plus 11 and a half. That doesn't mean they don't win by 10. You know, that doesn't mean this isn't a game. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. That big number kind of scares me a little bit. Sam Howell, what can he do on a Thanksgiving afternoon? I, I might take a loss here. I'd be glad to take a loss here. But I'll, I'll take the Commanders. 
you're the old. You're trying to reverse psychology, That's right. aren't you? That's right. Now they're going to blow them out thanks to me, and every Dallas Cowboy fan can thank me for taking the command. Brian, you shocked me this segment, man. Thank you. you you're I'm, welcome. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Well, I'm, surprised. I'm baffled, man. Friday afternoon, 2 o'clock prime video. You can hear all the action right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM Miami, minus 7.5 in MetLife Stadium against the Jets. Miami leads 58-56 to 1, 1 and 0 in postseason. That was the 1983 AFC Championship game played in a monsoon in Miami at the Orange Bowl. They first met in 1966. No surprise, Joe Namath was quarterback of the Jets. Rick Norton, the quarterback for Miami that day, he was out of Kentucky and out of a famous high school in Louisville, Flaget High School in Louisville. He was the second best player ever out of Flaget. The golden boy, Paul Horning, was the greatest player ever out of Flaget High. Give me the Dolphins big, 38-3. Mm. Mm. I have this like weird feeling in my, in my stomach that the Black Friday game is going to turn into like the ACC on – on the CW. It's like, you never know what's going to happen. Something crazy is going to happen every week. I feel like that's what's going to happen every year of the Black Friday game. Something crazy is going to happen. Um, so I have a, I have a weird, bad feeling about this. I'm still going to take Miami minus seven and a half, but I would not be surprised at all if, uh, if the Jets win this game outright. Another group lock. Give me your NFL lock and shock. For my lock, I'm going to go with the Colts minus two and a half. Over the Buccaneers coming off a bye week, I think, um, could be huge for the Colts for my shock. I'm going to take the Browns plus two and a half over the Broncos. Maybe they, f- uh, figure something out in Denver, but I'll take, uh, I'll back this Browns defense and, uh, maybe they can get another win for DTR. My NFL shocks Giants plus three and a half over New England. My score. 20 to 14, 17 14, like Eli beating them in Super Bowl 42 wouldn't get there. (laughs) So 20 to 14, Giants over New England and my lock. I'm sorry that that Arthur Smith's inheritance took a hit today, but I'm really appreciative appreciative of the Smith family Uh and what they've done for Memphis. But Atlanta wins on Sunday, lay the one and a half over New Orleans. That's our picks for NFL and college football. Our picks every Friday and today on Tuesday brought to you by First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. For real estate, whether it's commercial, ag, hunting, or recreational, contact them at fnbt.com or call them at 901-498-5763, two offices in West Tennessee at Ridge Lake and in Collierville. Well, you mentioned Arthur Smith and and kind of taking a hit on his inheritance uh, because of what happened today. I want to remind people we're not going to be on tomorrow, but Dave Lotion will be on with Wollo and Friends, and he has a massive guest. Richard Smith will be joining him uh, to talk about that donation from FedEx uh, and from the Smith family to the University of Memphis. He's going to be on at 1010 uh, tomorrow morning with Dave, so make sure you tune in uh, and hear uh, what uh, what Richard Smith has to say, uh, speaking on behalf of the family tomorrow. That'll be a lot of fun to listen to. But let's go ahead get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.
Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, I learned two things today, two uh, very small things that I'll put together. The first uh, being uh, this uh, defensive lineman, Joey Slackman. I'm sure a lot of people have not heard of him. He's a defensive lineman for Penn University in the Ivy League. Their season is over, and he has entered the transfer portal. And in less than 24 hours, he has received 17 offers from Division One schools. Uh, some of the names, Colorado, Wisconsin, Louisville, North Carolina, Duke, uh, Virginia Tech in there. Um, so a lot of P5 schools after this defensive lineman for Penn. He recorded 97 tackles and 8 sacks in two seasons with Penn. So maybe a name to keep an eye on in the transfer portal. Yeah, Yale has an offensive lineman that mm. everybody covets, and we, we know that's what's going to happen is everybody yeah. just raids oh, yeah. uh, F- FCS and, and, yeah. and smaller FBS teams for talent. What I learned is the Eagles, they're the team to beat this year in the NFL. They were really close last year. Mm-hmm. I know injuries can dictate a lot in the NFL, but these playoffs right now, they go through Philly between that weather, those fans, and this team. I love the push play. I hear some big babies crying mm-hmm. about it's not fair. Stop it. I'm sorry. It, yeah. it's, a, it, it's actually running a play literally right, right, right behind a blocking yeah. sled. No, it, it absolutely is, and they uh, they have gotten it down to a science, and it works like magic for them, um, really, whenever they need it. Uh, Brett, what I could have done without, we talked yesterday about a pitcher being signed by the St. Louis Cardinals, and I said, I hope this is not the splash um, that uh, that we were supposed to anticipate for the pitching staff, and I hope this isn't either. Today, it was announced Kyle Gibson um, has signed to a one-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, 15 and nine last year in the regular season with a 4.73 ERA, 157 strikeouts for the Baltimore pitcher, but a 36-year-old pitcher, I understand you're only bringing him in on a one-year deal, but um, these are not the moves I expected the Cardinals to make, and right now, you're looking at, right now, I think you have four of your five, if you bring back, if you have Mats in your starting lineup next year, obviously uh, Michaelis will be in your starting rotation next year, but four out of the five spots seem to be filled right now. 
Not a single lefty in that rotation right now, Brett. No, and not anybody the other team fears. No, not at all. I mean, not, I mean, this is this is just as bad. We're in the same spot we were last year at opening day so far. Yeah, they, re- re- they, re- they really are. Could have done without this. Of the 32 NFL teams, the only one to never play on a Thanksgiving day, Jacksonville. Mm. Maybe someday from London they might play on Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. but... That's not really where it's celebrated in, in London. Uh, the Bengals and Bucks both are 0 and 1 on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day. Uh, they're the only teams to ever play and not win on Turkey Day. Lions and Cowboys are a combined 69, 66, and 3, and they play every year on that day. Yeah, they, they definitely do. Where are you beaming? To the Big Island, to the mm. Maui Invitational in Honolulu, yep. because uh, w- w- that's also where they play the Rainbow Classic yeah. around Christmas time. Those four games today: Syracuse against Gonzaga. Watching Syracuse play man to man, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, uh, them in a man to man. UCLA and Chaminade playing now, ending about right now. Mm-hmm. And tonight, Tennessee against Purdue. Two NC coaches that struggle: Matt Painter and Rick Barnes. And then late, KU and Marquette. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun in Maui. I'm going to go there, and and here's a little uh, little something that uh, wow, I think uh, I think UCLA just fouled with four seconds to blow the cover. How about that? Um, we have actually another game that is not a part of the Maui Invitational tonight um, in Honolulu at the stadium at the arena they're playing at right now. Hawaii and Northern Arizona play tonight, twelve thirty our time. And it's going to be played at Hawaii's home gym, so I guess they'll be playing on the court for the Maui Invitational. I guess the uh, you know scheduling and they didn't line everything up, so we actually have four more games left in Honolulu. Brett, you going to stick around for the last one with me? I I can. Beam Machine <laughs> allows me to get anywhere. Eastern Michigan trying to get bowl eligible. Yeah. And tonight, NBA in-season tournament group play uh-huh. Drone Zone. Yeah, a whole bunch coming up. Uh, this is our final show this week, but we've got a lot on this station uh, through the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Ole Miss at Temple at 2 p.m. Thursday, we're going to have Packers at Lions, and then Ole Miss at Mississippi State, that pregame coverage starting at 4.30. Friday, we'll have Dolphins at Jets at 1.30 p.m. Saturday, we'll have Ole Miss at Michigan at 11 a.m. Then Sunday, we'll have three games, and then Monday, we'll have Monday Night Football. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you again Monday afternoon.